بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم محمد رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی فیبروری ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ ٹوینٹی فور الحمد of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu And I've started the subsection in which we're now discussing our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa deep love for this noble companion. And I've only mentioned the report, authentic report in Nasai, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Ibn al-Asi mu'minan Amran wa Hisham. The two sons of al-As are believers. Amr and Hisham So this them being described as believers is further attested to in other reports. For instance in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad 1-2 or 3 is authentic Hassan. Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As himself he said once an environment of fear developed in Al-Madinah And the people scattered here and there in panic. I thereupon saw Salim, who had come with a sword in his hand, wrapped in a garment, sitting in the masjid. When I saw him thus, I followed suit. Rasulullah arrived and then looked at Salim and myself. Others had also turned up by that time. Later, he said to the people, O people, when in a state of fear, take refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, i.e. in the masjid. Indeed, you should have acted similar to both these believing men, i.e. Amr and Salim. So, in this authentic report, Imam Ahmad's Muslim, something happened. It was like a alarm. So maybe there was going to be an imminent attack or something of that nature. So the people obviously, like you say, getting into battle stations. So Amr, look how calm he was. He goes, I looked and I saw Salim. So who's Salim? So Salim is the freed slave of Abu Hudayfa. So he's one of the earliest companions of the Prophet and the Prophet had great love and affection for him. He said, all praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's placed a man like Salim in my ummah. In Hakim Sayyid Hadith, meaning he loved to be in his presence. He had a beautiful recital of the Quran as well. He was later martyred in the battle of Yamama. So he was a great companion. So he, when everybody was basically thinking what's happening, He had a sword in his hand and he was sitting calmly in the masjid. Meaning he was ready. But he was waiting for orders. So Amr said, I followed him. I looked at him and I thought, this is a good thing, condition to be in. So I sat next to him with my sword. When the Prophet arrived, he looked at both of us. And then other people also turned up. And what was the command the Prophet gave? When in a state of fear, 
take refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. Meaning turn to me. I and the masjid is the place you'll find me. You should have acted similar to both these believing men. So look how interesting. Salim is an early companion of the Prophet Amr had just recently embraced Islam. Yet, the Prophet did not say the believing and the Muslim. <laughs> he called them both believing men. Indicating that Amr, though he embraced Islam late, his Iman is of a very high level. Confirming further, another proof. Sayyidina Uqba ibn Amr, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Aslam al-Nasu wa amana Amr ibn al-As. The people have submitted was Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu has believed. This is in Tirmidhi number 3844 Gharib. Ahmad in his Musnad number 17418 Hasan. Mishkat number 6245 Marifal Ahadith volume 4 page 613 of the New English Translation. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Hassan in his As-Sahiha number 32. So again in this authentic report in Tirmidhi, the Prophet separated Amr. He said, Aslam al-Nas, people have become Muslims. But Amr ibn al-As, he has believed. So again and again, the Prophet is highlighting that he is on a higher level of Iman. Ay Amr. Indeed, Iman had now become so entrenched in his blessed heart that our beloved messenger went as far as to say, the son of Al-As is worth two believers. The son of Al-As is worth two believers. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 7982, 8138, Hassan Al-Bidaya in the chapter on those who passed away in the year 43 AH. So not only did the Prophet call him a believer, he said he is worth two believers. So what is this very similar to? This is very similar to a companion called Khuzayma ibn Thabit. So Khuzayma ibn Thabit was from the Ansar. And the Prophet said about him, he is worth two witnesses. And there was a narrative behind it. He had actually confirmed that a transaction had taken place with Rasulullah and a Bedouin. But he wasn't there. So the Prophet said, you wasn't there. So Khuzayma said, I bear witness that you are the messenger of Allah. And I bear witness you received revelation. So I also witnessed the transaction. So the Prophet said, he's worth two witnesses. Khuzayma ibn Thabit. Authentic hadith in Tabarani. The Prophet said of Amr, he is worth two believers. Meaning he's not just a normal believer. He's of a very high level of belief. Thus our beloved messenger went on to say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the one who has submitted the most and the one who believes the most is Amr ibn al-As. This is recorded by Shaykh al-Bani Rahmatullah He graded it Hassan in his As-Sahihah number 155 or 1-238. So look at this very interesting statement to authentic. The Prophet said he has submitted the most and he believes the most. So he is the best Muslim and he is the best believer, Amr ibn al-As. So can we take this literally? And the answer is no. 
because they were greater companions than Amr. So what does it mean? The Prophet definitely said these words is authentic. The scholars say what the Prophet intended, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is he is the best Muslim and believer from those who come after him. Meaning at that point, he was the best. So anybody, now think about that. How many thousands of Sahaba embrace Islam after Amr? He's better than them. The Prophet said it. And if you look at the list, you know, you get all these amazing names. Abu Sufyan ibn Harb, Ikrimah ibn Abu Jahl, etc, etc. And a lot of them were martyred. But despite that, Amr is greater. Because the Prophet said it. So his embracing Islam was not something normal. The Prophet was highlighting this. He's been given a credible rank by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the scholars also point out the reason for him being the best Muslim and believer than those after him is that Amr had embraced Islam before the conquest of Makkah under his own free sweet will whilst those who embraced after the conquest really did not have much choice. So you can argue, well, those who embraced Islam on Makkah felt they had no choice. There was no force obviously put upon them. But if everybody's embracing Islam, you're going to follow the willing team. So here, Amr came before that. His embracing Islam was his own free sweet will. Those our beloved messenger had described those who embraced Islam at the fall of Makkah in the following words. Adhabu Go, for you are the freed ones. Adhabu Go, for you are the freed ones. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad 2-11, Ibn Ishaq 4-55, Tabari in his Tariqh 3-60, Hafiz Waqidi in his Al-Maghazi 2-836. So why did the Prophet say that? Makkah had fallen, the Kaaba had been purified, the unbelievers were told to stay in their dwellings so their lives would be safe. They were then called. So when they came, they were expecting the worst because they were war criminals. They had killed the family of the Prophet they'd killed his companions, they'd forced him out of, his, of their home, which is Makkah, where he's returned to, They've taken his dwellings, his wealth. You know, the list of crimes go on endlessly. When the Prophet saw them, he said, What am I going to do with you? So they humbly said, the Quraysh, because you are the noble one, son of the noble one. Meaning we expect nobility. Then the Prophet said these words, I will say to you, what Yusuf والسلام, said to his brothers. And he goes, no reproach on you this day. He goes, Allah has forgiven you. And he quoted a verse where Yusuf والسلام, said the same to his brothers. Look at the context. Yusuf والسلام, 40 years he had suffered because of his brothers. When they came to him and they were under his complete authority, he goes, no reproach, I won't even bring it up again. Because Allah is the most forgiving, the most merciful. Why did the Prophet say those same words? Because the Quraysh were his family. 
So he repeated the words of Yusuf He goes, just like his brothers troubled him, your did trouble me, but I will not find fault. <laughs> when he said those words, they in a huge mass started embracing Islam. And the Prophet then said these words. Go, you are the freed ones. Meaning, you will not be held to task for anything you've done in the past. <laughs> Hence, the title of those who embrace Islam thereafter from the Quraysh. Mm. So, this is a title. So, Abu Sufyan ibn Harb, radiyallahu, he is from the At-Tulaqa. <laughs> Ikrima ibn Abu Jahl, radiyallahu, he is from the At-Tulaqa. <laughs> Safwan ibn Umayyah, he is from the At-Tulaqa. Why? Because they embraced Islam after Makkah had fallen. So Amr was before this. So therefore, he has to be great. So at this juncture, it is now important to clarify upon a holy verse, which clearly distinguishes between the ranks of the noble companions themselves. So this verse that I'm going to mention has got nothing to do with this so don't think we're in we're not even mentioning this verse this verse is only about the sahaba that's the first thing you to put into your mindset so what does allah the almighty and glorious say in surah al-hadith surah 57 verse 10 allah the almighty and glorious he says لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل أولئك أعظم درجة من الذين أنفقوا من بعد وقاتلوا وقل وعد الله الحسنى Not equal amongst you i.e. the blessed companions رضي الله تعالى عنه are those who spent and fought before the victory, i.e. with those who fought and spent after, those are higher in rank than those who spent and fought thereafter. However, to all has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised the most beautiful, i.e. reward. So what does it say? So very simply, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he puts down a marker in the seerat. And the marker is the fatah, the victory. He then says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who spent and fought before the victory, they are greater than those companions who fought and spent after the victory. Have you understood? So Allah is saying that the victory is the distinguishing timeline in the seerah where the companions' ranks can be determined. But then he adds, so you don't make any premature judgments. But to all of them, as Allah promised the most beautiful reward, meaning it's a rank that they amongst themselves, but all of them have been given my good pleasure. So now we need to know what the victory is. Thus, what is the fatah referred to in this holy verse, which is a clear demarcation between the ranks of the noble companions? So the simple answer is 
There's two views. That's a simple answer. The scholars Rahimahumullah have two views about what is referred to here. The first view is some have ascertained that the Fath, the victory, refers to no other than the fall of Makkah. So what proof did they give for this? And they give a hadith. So the hadith is narrated by Zayd ibn Thabit, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri and others. So many of the Sahaba, they all relate this. They said, when the verse Surah 110, i.e. the Surah was revealed, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ when comes the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and victory was revealed, Rasulullah recited it وسلم, until he completed the surah. He then said, Mankind makes up one portion, and I وسلم, and my companions ta'ala anhum, make up one portion. He then added, There is no longer hijrah after the victory. But there remains jihad and intention, i.e. for the hijrah. So this is the report. So where is it recorded first? In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Tabarani in his Kabir, number 4444, Behaki in his Dala'il Nubu'ah, 5-109, Hakim in his Mustadrak, 2-258, Sahih, Zahabi Sahih, Abu Dawud at Tayalasi, number 2205, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf 14-498, Al-Qudai in his Musnad al-Shihab number 845, Al-Hirtami in Majma al-Zawaid 5-250 stated Sahih, and Shaykh Al-Arnaut Rahmatullah in his checking of the Musnad number 11167, he said Sahih li So it's a very strong report. So what does it simply say in this Sahih report? So Allah the Almighty revealed the Surah. We should all know this surah. If you don't, you might need to go to a church, right? So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help and victory comes. وَرَأِيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجَ And you see mankind embracing his religion in multitudes. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابَ then praise the name of your Lord and seek his forgiveness for he is ever disposed to mercy. So this is the surah. So when this was revealed, the companion said that Rasulullah said, mankind is one portion. Myself and my companions are the other. Look at the status of the Sahaba. All of mankind is just one portion. Rasulullah and the Sahaba are the other portion. Then he explained, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there is no longer hijrah after the victory. But there remains jihad and intention. So the Prophet said what the victory is. There is no longer hijrah after the victory. Thus hijrah was still taking place after the treaty of Hudaybiyah. Hence it cannot be referred to as the victory. Why? For as shown Khalid Amr Uthman ibn Talha radiyallahu ta'ala anhum had all migrated after the treaty but before the fall of Makkah. Thus the victory in the holy surah clearly refers to the fall of Makkah. Have you understood? 
So if somebody says the victory, they have the viewpoint that the victory in Surah Al-Hadid is the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. How can that be? Because this report says there is no longer Hijrah after the victory. So if it was the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, there was still Hijrah. So it can't be the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. So therefore the scholars of this viewpoint says it must be the fall of Makkah. Those of this viewpoint, i.e. that the victory referred to in Surah Al-Hadid refers to the fall of Makkah, also use as proof that Hijrah had ended with Sayyidina Abbas arriving with his family just prior to our beloved's messenger's entry into Makkah. So when did the Hijrah finish? The Hijrah finished with Abbas. So when did Abbas come to the Prophet when Rasulullah had not entered Makkah, he was about to enter Makkah. He had come with the 10,000 companions and Abbas reached him. So how do we know Hijrah ended with him? Sayyidina Sahal ibn Sa'ad al-Sa'idi, he said, Abbas once requested Rasulullah to grant him permission to migrate from Makkah to Al-Madinah. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Oh my dear uncle, stay put. Why? For indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sealed the hijrah with you. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sealed the prophets with me. This is recorded in Tabarani in his Kabir, Abu Ya'la in his Musnad, Ibn Asakir, Abu Nu'im, Ibn An-Najjar, Hafiz Zurqani in his Sharh Al-Muwahib 2-300, and Shaykh al-Hadith Mawlana Idris Sahib Qandahlawi Rahmatullahi in the seal of the Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam volume 3 page 26 of the English translation. So what happened? Abbas was told to stay in Makkah. He goes, you stay here. So he was saying, I want to do Hijrah. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, stay. I'll tell you why. Because you are the seal of the Muhajiru. You will be the last. Just as I am the seal of the prophets, because eloquence of the prophet, he is Khatam in the beginning, because you are the seal of the Muhajirun. In a similar report, Mursal, Imam Abu Bakr ibn Shihab al-Zukhri, he said, Rasulullah once remarked to his beloved uncle, feel at peace, O my uncle, for with you hijrah is ended, just as I am the last of the prophets in respect of prophethood. This is in Ibn Asakir Al Ruyani, Kanzul Omal, Volume 6, page 178. So, those of this viewpoint, they argue that our beloved Messenger had clearly stated Hijrah ended with his uncle Abbas, which was clearly after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah and on the eve of the fall of Makkah. Have you understood? So, if you say the verse in Surah Al Hadid, where Allah Ta'ala says the Fatah and you say it's the treaty of Hudaybiyah Hijrah is finished so how can Abbas be the seal of the Muhajirun because he migrated after the treaty of Hudaybiyah how can Amr Khalid and Uthman ibn Talha not be classed as Muhajirun because they came after the treaty of Hudaybiyah so all of this is a proof to one viewpoint that the verse in Surah Al-Hadid where Allah Ta'ala makes the demarcation between the two 
ranks of the companions, he says the Fath is referring to the fall of Makkah. So this is the view and it's a sound view. But there's a weakness in it. And the weakness I'll mention tomorrow. So I want to do highlight why some of the ulama have highlighted that this verse is the fall of Makkah. And the reason I'm going through this is because it clearly has to be clarified when talking about Amr. Because if you say that the Fath is referring to the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, Amr's missed it. He falls into the junior section. But if you say the tree, uh, the Fath refers to the fall of Makkah, then he comes into the earlier camp. So this is why I'm discussing this. And that's why that verse is critical in understanding the status of these companions. So all I mentioned today was now mentioning further reports showing the great status of Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As. Again and again, our beloved messenger referred to him as a believer. And the best of believers and Muslims are from those who come thereafter. And then I mentioned, of course, highlighting now what category does he belong to? Is he amongst the early or late companions of Rasulullah? And I'll explain it more at length tomorrow, inshallah. Are there any questions? Let us. Subhanallah bihamdi subhanak allahumma bihamdi ashhadu illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik